Hello, everybody, and welcome again to Saints Radio. I got it right this time. I didn't call it Message of the Week. Um, it's great to be able to reach out to all of you from a very wet Dallas, Texas. We have enjoyed torrential rains the past couple of days in a season of continued rainfall, which is great. I was sharing with Monica just a minute ago that yesterday, um, during, um, it kind of began during the French broadcast and then continued during the work into Brazil, it was raining so hard here, and you could hear the thunder just booming, and suddenly leaks started in this booth. <laughs> it was, it's always kind of unique, and you can never predict where the rain is going to come through, which is very odd. We've had this looked at so many times, as I was just saying, and nobody can really predict how that water's getting through. But in the midst of translation, I would say something, and while um, Anna or Luke were saying words, I'd get up and move a trash can under a, a leak. Thankfully, it didn't hit on my head. But there's probably a sermon in that. When the latter rain comes and the former rain, brother, you just can't predict where it's going to come. Let it leak through the, through the ceiling on your head. I guess the question is, is do we need an umbrella? Ah. Well, that's true. Are we just supposed to get wet? <laughs> well, I'm always I'm always concerned about the various pieces of equipment that we have up here on this uh, these tables, and uh, thankfully, they always seem to be preserved and dry. I remember I've told this story many years ago, many, many years ago, when I was an associate pastor here, and there was a lady who was a nice person, but kind of off. We had a lot of those kinds of people, maybe still do, but she was always at odds with the pastor, and she always wanted to give messages in tongues at the most inopportune times and so the staff was always on notice that you had to go and tell this lady if she'd done something that was, was wrong and she was doing things that were out of order so one time on a Sunday night I went over it was my job to go over and greet her and say now just remember you know there's a place for everything. You, you can't just do whatever you want to do. And she said, Whoa, you know, the Lord's leading me. You aren't. And and so I said, Well, just remember, you know, we, we've got to keep things in order during the service. So it starts raining. And it was raining pretty hard. And somehow through the roof in our sanctuary, directly over where her head was a leak developed and the water came down and hit her smack dab on the head well she yells out I mean it was in the middle of a song service she yells out 
I like that. She gets up and she said, it's a sign from God. <laughs> he wants, as much as you try to keep out the reign of his spirit, he's going to come. Well, the song leader was up there and the, the pastor at the time gets up, starts yanking on his collar and he makes motion and three staff members, including me, go over there and we, it was a crazy time. So, and I thought, Lord, this is just almost too funny because of all the places that a leak could erupt right over that, where that woman sits and it just splashed down right on her head. Oh my goodness. That was so funny. Now, why I thought of that, I don't know. Other than, well, do we need an umbrella? Anyway, well, you've had an interesting set of travel this past week. You were in the great state of Florida and the city of Miami. And you've come back and lived to tell the tale. <laughs> Yeah, it was a, it was an interesting number of days, but good days. I'd never been to Miami before, and I have to say that it is um, quite a um, a happening place. There was music and all kinds of shenanigans going on, pretty much twenty four hours a day. Yeah. Have you been there? Yes, I've been there, and we've flown through there a yeah, number of times. I, I know, I remember that, but I'd never actually been there. But it was good. I mean, I had some. Les was in a, a financial conference, so, um, and I didn't have a ticket to it, which I was actually thankful for. So, aside from one event that I went to the first evening, I was free to um, to do what the Lord, how the Lord would lead me. So. I walked and I prayed and I, I spent a lot of time in prayer and just really trying to find the purpose of why I was there other than just for leisure. And I had some really, really, I had first Saturday prayer there by myself and the Lord was just really um, present. <coughs> so I speak, I speak into that state. I mean, I, I have... Of course, we have beloved saints that are positioned in different places there in Florida. And, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely a place in our country that is represented by the saints. And don't know anybody in Miami, but um, I just really believe that the Lord would position somebody there and just lay claim and establish the cross and, you know, did the things that we do and just believe for a great great move in that city i mean there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of i don't even know how to say it there's a lot of skin <laughs> a lot of uh, expo uh, exposed i mean I, I don't want to go down that path but there's a lot of sin yeah and um i, I mean it, it was kind of a, an awakening a little bit the first day when I was out and but nonetheless um, the mayor came and spoke the first night at the event that I went to and I mean I I love the governor of Florida I have a lot of respect for him and I'm thankful I just heard this morning an interview that he he would be considered as a running mate if if 
the Donald decided to to run again in in 2024. But we'll see. We'll How see. can you not love a guy whose name is of the Saints? <laughs> you know. Yeah, I just really appreciate his his stance and his he's um well you know mm-hmm. i think between our governor and and the governor of florida and i don't know a lot about the other positions throughout the country but i just have a lot of respect so anyway it was good to be there and it's so good to be home yeah, yeah. well there's a reason the lord had you there it's almost like it's almost like a a Latin city. It is ninety. Well, I googled it actually, and I think it said it was the population was like seventy two, seventy three percent Latin America. A lot of African Americans, um, and I mean, I definitely felt like the minority. Yeah. But beautiful people. Just, I mean, it, we were staying on the bay, and so there was boats everywhere, and I guess they rent their. People must buy these expensive boats and then take tours out, and that's how they make their living. So there was just music and dancing and all kinds of things going on pretty much round the clock. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I I have. Man, some of you may remember Brother Delateja. Oh, yes. And he tells a story about how when he and his wife escaped from Cuba, and they landed on a, on a makeshift little boat in near Miami, and um, and he set up ministry there with some foreign I forget the name of it a foreign missions group through the assemblies, and um, then he he came here right before I became pastor, and then he was I hired him on staff, and then he had some kind of a connection still with that ministry it's a long story but we ended up working with them in miami for a number of things and we gave them a lot of the videos that we had recorded from here and um it was a it was a really unique thing to experience that culture and i didn't really know what to make of it but i'm sure that there's something that the lord sent you there for it reminded me a lot of Puerto Rico. And I remember being in Puerto Rico, and it was beautiful. But I just remember it was very loud. It's like it, 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 was, it was like very loud to my quiet spirit, and mm-hmm. I had to adjust to that. And it, was, it, was, it had the same, like, it had the same uh, effect on me. And so I, I really just pressed into the secret place and really just tried to burrow in and 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 find some measure of revelation as to why God had me there I mean other than for leisure and um and, you know I, the conference was it, it was a cryptocurrency conference and that's a whole nother world that we don't really need to discuss but um I do know that um the Lord wants to pour his he he wants to pour into this ministry in a big way and and i know that he's going to do that supernaturally miraculously we've had words about that over and over throughout the years and 
just opening up that storehouse. And so I, that was one of the things that I was really praying for or just partnering with the Lord in as to how he wants to do that because, you know, there was a lot of money there. And, um, and I know that, that I, I, I just know that there was a purpose that was beyond just me tagging along for a conference. Um, so I'm thankful to, I, I'm just thankful to be walking with the Lord and to be in a place where you know that nothing is by coincidence that he orders our steps. And when he sends us, because to be quite honest, I, it was kind of like an interruption for me. Like, okay, I'm going to go to Miami for four. You know, it wasn't like I was really excited about it. I just kind of went out of obedience. And, of course, the Lord blesses that. And so, because, um, you know, I mean, these days, every to me, travel has become our work. Travel has become our call, um, our calling, and 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 it really inhabits our purpose. And so, travel is not insignificant. I mean, even when I go to the West Coast to see the kids there, it has purpose, and I recognize that. So, since COVID and since everything was shut down, and the times that I have traveled. I recognize how purposeful my life has become in that way. So I say all that to say that um, I didn't view this any differently. It's just, you know, I wasn't commissioned. You didn't commission me to go. I just went because I knew that that's what the Lord wanted. So I'm sure that he will use it. And that's the end of my story. Thus endeth the message. Thus endeth the message. Yeah. Well, I know that that is, uh, that state is of great prophetic significance. And um, we just continue to believe for what God is going to do um, in the various outposts where the saints are positioned. And um, we speak blessing over whatever the Lord had you covenant before the throne concerning. And uh, may it bless our brothers and sisters to the north. To the north. To the north. You know, one other thing I'll say is, is being away from home, being away from here. And, you know, we learned this a long time ago because you had to when you're called away, you have to learn to to embrace where God sends you, but also stay connected. And, and it just becomes more and more apparent to me how connected we all are and how no matter where we are on the planet, we connect at the throne. And, and I'm so thankful for that connection I'm so thankful for because I mean my life doesn't stop because I'm still connected and and so no matter where I go you know you've got the live stream you've got you you know when your brothers and sisters are in intercession all those things are so precious and so priceless and so to all of the saints that are positioned around the world that are listening I just want to encourage you and say even though we're not together in the natural I feel such I just feel such a strong bond 
with the saints throughout the world and just that connection in the righteous heart of God. And I'm very thankful for that. And a lot of that we owe to communication, the communication capacity that we have. And so um, where that is headed for us and the upgrades and the expansion that God's bringing us into, first of all, I just want to say that he's going to provide everything that we need. And secondly, I want to say that it is for a great purpose. And, you know, and I'm just really thankful for that. So that is the end of my story. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I remember when we first started traveling, you remember how when you went overseas, you, you were very limited as to how you could communicate back home to, to those back home. And, and even with the limitations, a lot of it was pretty expensive to be able to reach back home. And it's been unique to see as the years have evolved how you know now when we go you have the ability to communicate instantly and it's part of your usually it's part of your your uh, telecommunication plan and i we we've had rude awakenings when we've come back from some of those trips as to the expenses that were accrued and um it, it's just it's funny how things have changed how how things have um, and even here like you mentioned the this equipment up here uh, I remember when we first started seminars and uh, Ruby staying busy sending out cassette tapes of things that were happening here to people uh, oh I still have some of those cassette tapes in fact I was cleaning up my desk at home not long ago, and I opened up the little cabinet underneath my desk. <laughs> Ten of those things fell out, and of course I looked at every one of them to see what the titles of the message. I don't even have a cassette player, I don't think. Uh-huh. I, there may be one in the Land Cruiser, I don't know, but uh, yeah. But you're talking about communication. I mean, telling a story on myself when we went to Africa, and that ex- that extended trip, which was into Greece and into London, and, and it was about a three-week trip. And at that time, we had little kids. And so I, I told Les, I said, I'll go if you get me a phone. If you get me a phone that I can call home and just to check on the kids and have connection with them. So he rented me a phone through American Express, and... Uh, the Burks were staying with my kids. God bless them. And so every day at a certain time of day, I would go outside to get a signal and I would call home. And I would get Olivia on the phone because Noah was little. And she would just weep. Mommy, come home. She tried everything she could to try to get me to come home. I'm sick. I need you to take me to the doctor. And I mean, there was all these shenanigans to try to get me to come home every single day. And so I found myself on the phone with her trying to explain to her, I'm not, I cannot come home tonight to take you to the doctor. (laughs) I'm so sorry. If you're that sick, you need to tell Miss Trish, she can call your grandparents and they'll come take you to the doctor. And so after 10 days of that, we got home and we got the bill and it was like (laughs) (laughs) $1,200. 
I know. Oh, my goodness. But that same trip that uh, we had a cat whose name was Moses, and I swear that cat had a demon. And Trish calls me one day. She's like, Monica, we have a problem. And I said, what? And she said, the cat is dead. <laughs> and I said, okay, where's the cat? And she said, it's at the bottom of the stairs in the house. <laughs> and I said, I'm like, oh, my gosh. And she said, and Noah is over there praying for it, trying to raise it from oh, the dead. No. <laughs> she said, what do I do? God bless Trish. And I said, well, just call my dad and ask him to come over and pick up the dead cat and to take care of it, which he did and she did. But that was a funny story. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Noah was determined he could raise that cat from the dead at the age of about five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had trained him well. Um, wow, what, what's, what stories? What stories? Oh, my goodness. I remember when we got back from Australia and we, we bought him a, a boomerang. Oh. And we got back, and was it the very day we got back we had that big picnic out at white rock lake on the fourth of july yeah and the bigger boys got noah's boomerang and the first time they threw it it busted in it half. hit a tree and he comes over with that busted i was so it, you know i was mad because here's this little boy with his boomerang and it's busted and and i thought what are you guys doing what are you guys doing you busted this kid's boomerang and then i thought wait a second it was an accident. I can't, I can't do this, but I felt so badly for him. <laughs> oh, goodness. I have, from that trip to Australia, and then we can talk about Jesus, but uh, my Olivia called me from my dad's lake house while we were in Australia, and I was so far away. And my kids were still young enough to where, you know, I would have a little ache that, Oh my gosh, because I, so much, I mean, I had a lot of attack that came against me for traveling when my kids were little and I'm abandoning oh, yeah, them they, and I'm... And you can see how bad they I turned know, out. I know, I know, but I mean, that was something I had to really overcome, but so I, I get a call and this was part of me overcoming. I get a call from Olivia and she's at my dad's lake house with Noah and she says, mommy, we found a puppy. She's so cute. Can we take her home? And I was in one of those moments where I, I, I was feeling guilty, maybe. And up until that time, you know, when you're raising little bitty kids, it's like a dog, adding a dog on top of that when you're a stay-at-home mother was just like, I, which seems crazy to me now because I would have 20 dogs now if I could. But I, up until, until that time, I was saying we're not getting a dog yet because I don't want to take care of it. And, and that's probably what will happen. So... Anyway, so she calls and begs me to take this puppy, and, and I said, okay. So when I got home, we got home like in the middle of the night, and, and I got dropped off at my house, and I walked, up to the, I walked up the stairs, and I walked into her bedroom, and in this little bitty bed was this little red puppy, and she was the cutest, furriest little thing, and... I brought her to the picnic the next day. Mm -hmm. it, that was Reese, and she's soon passed on at the age of 15. And anyway, so that was just such a sweet moment when I just picked her up and. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. 
so that's that's kind of a sweet moment from it's like the fruit of our travels it's like the it was just like a blessing that came from that best dog i've ever had oh wait a second no well no best red dog i've ever had i'm gonna stand on behalf of scarlet <laughs> well best dog. big dog i've ever had no Reese's was the circus dog yeah. Reese could stand up on her back hind legs and spin around and she really entertain you yeah but anyway. Scarlet is a Proscuneo thing. Of course, we really, yeah, we were teaching about Proscuneo then, but. What year did we go to? We went to Africa first, and then we went to. Went to Africa in 2003. And I we must have gone to um, Australia in like 2005 or six, maybe. I just read recently that they're having some really serious fires. Is there any other kind? Yeah, well, no. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, the Lord's going to have to, these are signs. And the thing, too, with Arizona, I know Teresa keeps posting um, graphs and, and pictures and whatnot, and speaking of the drought that's in Arizona, and, and we all need to really be praying for rain in the West. Because I know California is on a water ration, and I asked Noah about that yesterday. I sent him a text, and I said, "What's happening? Are you like being affected by the water ration?" Or, and he said, "Only the fact that his roommate took a 30-minute shower this morning and irritated everybody else in the house. <laughs> so they must be on some kind of a um, I don't know how that works, but we just need to pray for rain in the West. We've gotten so much rain here, and I don't dare complain. No." Because even though I'd love to see the sunshine, at least for an hour, um, I just keep asking the Lord just to send the rain west and to, to cover that ground. You know, um, it's, it's very interesting that with rain, you've got the concept of former and latter rain, which we've talked about, which God says he's going to give and we need to sha'al for it. And then you have the, the factor of contrition and being caught up into the place of thunder and then we being released as lightning. So you have that very operative principle in the spirit realm. And, um, and I've, we've talked about how that, you know, thunder and lightning, but mostly the sound of thunder, does something uh, in your spirit. It, it does something in the, um, in the breastplate. And it, it really does communicate. It's very interesting. It communicates. And we've had incredible times. And, you know, we've talked about this. Not just me, you, the saints, where we go into a place and droughts are broken and rain comes in, in abundance, and um, it, it really is a sign from the Lord. So anyway, I've been studying, as you know, a lot about the spirit realm in books that have just been written in archaeological discoveries since the Iraq War that <clears throat> uncovered um, Ugaritic texts, um, uh, writings that were preserved in clay, from probably the time of Abraham or before. Now I'm going somewhere with this, but 
Um, one of the things that those Chaldeans, them they're Chaldeans, they detailed seven beings that basically got crossways with God. Does that sound familiar? And one of them, which I don't remember the name they, they gave, which is, it's inconsequential, had the ability to understand the languages of thunder and lightning. And in their words, that this being moved upon the efficacy of that and, and had that capacity. And I thought that is very interesting. And some of the descriptions that they, they gave of, of these beings, like they said that, um, they said that, that these are their terms, these are terms that they said, Leviathan and Behemoth were created by God to work together. And at one point, he separated them so that they had a greater measure of effectiveness. And, and he even used those, those terms to describe those beings. These were two of the seven. Um, and I remember many years ago when we were speaking a lot more about the seven spirits. Now we just try to function in them. We said how often you see Behemoth and Leviathan working together, the, 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 the beast that controls or tries to control the overall mystery of the enemy kingdom and Leviathan being the strike force. But it, it's very interesting to see that perspective. And, you know, I've said even many years ago, being blessed to be able to go into Beijing, and you could see in their temples the Chinese depictions of the seven wicked spirits that, that stood against good and it is so interesting that the things that God showed us years ago about the seven spirits and the enemy, I'll be like the Most High and his strategy, um, not that we needed confirmation, but it's just interesting. But I come back to this. I think that part of the gift of interpretation, since we have said we felt this, this resonance of the not just being vibrated by thunder, because it does shake things up, but it just re it, it enthuses me. And there has to be a way to interpret that. And I remember when we were in Monaco uh, in 2004, wasn't it? I think. And we went down to that Bay of Hercules, and we went out on that pier, and it was, it was cold in Monaco. And when we got out there and started our um, whatever our activation was, there was that lightning and that incredible boom of thunder. It, you, that was amazing, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it was, it wasn't just a distant thunder. It was a boom. And then that snow started and it snowed and snowed. And I don't know how many inches they got, but they were all talking about how unbelievable it was that they were getting snow and that amount of snow and and I know that in the spirit realm something happened and that thunder 
resonated and answered. We as the lightning of the Lord being there, we're, we're releasing something for that part of, well, Monaco, basically the south of France, and, um, and what that meant for the Mediterranean basin. Um, but I, I just think that's interesting this abundance of rain that we're getting and the thunder, like this morning, I just, we all have these stories. But I just woke up at four o'clock, boom, I'm wide awake. And all of a sudden, the flashes of lightning start outside. In fact, at first I thought, somebody's out in our backyard with a flashlight. And I thought, oh man, I gotta get up and go and see, this isn't good. But then all of a sudden, boom! And, and so I thought, okay, Lord, <laughs> it's time to start praying and it was just there's there's a language of that and in the secret place of thunder which the scripture speaks of and us being voices thunders lightnings there, there it's more than just the principle of what we've talked about where we're caught up and we uh we we move about in the winds of the spirit and we gain his moisture and we a static electrician uh, electricity is is moving and we're being energized for where God is sending us that is true but the thunder itself the voice of thunder the scripture speaks about is more than just a sound it's not just a trumpet call that God's doing something and and it goes I we both know we've had this discussion that thunder is basically the sound of lightning and the explosiveness we understand that but in the economy of God, its voices thunders and then lightnings. And so um, there's, there's a voice of that lightning exchange that should be telling us as sons and daughters about how God is equipping us as arrows and what he's doing that's going to ignite the earth and cause an upheaval and a turning of things right side up. And I, I think we need to believe for that uh, because it's been registering for years. And, and for the first time, really, and sometimes, I can't speak for you, but sometimes I know, it just there's a knowing as to what is say. Sometimes I know that. But it's, it's really not been a tactical directive. But I think that's mentioned so often in the scripture that and both in the New Testament and in the Old, and it's in the framework of what we as intercessors must do, that there's a communication vein that God wants to give to us that will be a part of, an, of a grace interpretation. Um, and I, I, I know you've I can't speak for you, but I know you've had angelic encounters, a lot of them. And there have been some angels that, that I've been in the midst of uh, some kind of a, uh, I don't know what the word is, a theater of operation that God's put me in. And some of those angels, their voice is as thunder. And they communicate with a thunderous voice. And... And, um, you know, God speaks with the sound of many waters. There are a lot of voices that are indicated. Um, and 
you know, when you're in that kind of an intercessory, God puts you in that kind of an intercessory theater, you have a an anointing to understand a lot of things that are happening. You you don't really have to interpret it. It's just as if you say something to me and I know what you what you mean. Um, but um, this business of rain and uh, former and latter and voices, thunders, lightnings, and um, it's they're not only principles, and thank God they are, where we understand to a, a very wonderful degree what we as intercessors are doing, but they're also operative. And um, <laughs> man, oh man, we could. I, I've been yapping here. What what say you? No, it's so interesting because I mean, you have to know that. I mean, all of God's creation has purpose and the manifestation of it. And I, you know, you were talking about how, first of all, it's, it's interesting that it's voices, thunders. Everything begins with a voice. It's a sound. And then yeah. comes the thunders. Then comes the lightning and the earthquake. But um, you said that, and I, I think I've always known this, that, that in, in the, the manifestation of it for us in the natural is the lightning comes and then the thunder but isn't it scientifically where the, the thunder comes and then the manifestation of the lightning? Well, the lightning travels faster. Right. And the it's, thunder is the explosion of that lightning igniting. But which comes first? Well, technically the thunder comes first, but we see the, the lightning light, yeah, first. Yeah, right. And that's usually the way the church functions. Exactly. <laughs> We're behind the time of, of what God's really doing. I'm sorry, I interrupted. No, no, it's just I just think that it's 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 interesting how that progression flows. You know, I'm just sitting here trying to think how could we do like an interpretive activation with the thunder? Um, of course, I've had like things run through my head, but I mean, like a real time activation with the thunder. Yeah. Maybe God will present that to us and and allow us to to do something like that maybe during the seminar who knows we there might have go. a we might have a thunderstorm and and just be able to to um to do that I, yesterday afternoon um i i was privileged to go and take the twins to lunch so when i got home uh, we did the stuff here in the morning or i did and then went took them to lunch and then went home and it's pouring down rain when i got home and i thought you know i'm gonna go out in my backyard and just stand in the rain so i got katie's rain boots and put them on which i was the picture of are they pink vanity fair no they're green they've got these little daisy flowers different colors all over them (laughs) Oh, it's my backyard. Had, Nobody can see me. We had a me. picture of that. So I go walking out there, and I'm in the middle. It's raining. Did you have an umbrella? No, no. I love you know I love the rain. Did you have a raincoat? I had nothing. I had nothing. You had something on your feet. Well, I had the, the rain boots on because I didn't want to ruin shoes, and I had a shirt, you know, just a shirt on. So I go out there and I'm lifting my hands up in the air, and, and I start hearing, you know, thunder, and it just kind of registers in me and. And, and I always think, if I'm standing out here in the rain, if lightning hits, 
<laughs> I'm fried. You didn't have a golf club in your hand, No, did you? I didn't. <laughs> but it's just kind of strange. I remember I've told these stories before, and I know you've got stories you could tell, too. But um, so think of them. I've already told probably too many stories in this hour. <laughs> well, I remember when Paul and I were in Nigeria. We told this story, and it was hot. Man, Lagos in the summer after two and a half months of drought is dusty, dirty, stagnant hot. You get the humidity coming off the sea, but you have nothing other than sweat on you. And we, they were talking about how, you know, they hadn't had rain and they were really, you talk about a, a drought and no rain, no water. So went one night after we were there several nights and spoke, I spoke on Voices Thunders and it's in the night, it's dark. Faladin's church is one of those African churches that has, you know, no walls but um, it's got a roof and the people are all sitting there. And when I was preaching about voices and then I was talking about how thunderstorms are formed, as soon as I talked about that, all of a sudden you heard this. And that tin roof just shook. And all of those people, if any of them were asleep, they were awake then. Their eyes just got as wide as, as half dollars. And, and I just kept going and I was thinking, Lord, this is great. And then, you know, just kept, we preached, we preached this sermon. We talked about Voices Thunders and the wind blew through, a cold wind. And it just caught a bunch of papers and dust and things are blowing through. Now, the BBC was the only thing that was worth watching on, on the TV. It was the only channel we really had. There was one other channel and it was a tribal channel. So these kings would get on there and they would talk about a bunch of really nonsense but they were all dressed colorfully and saying, the BBC was forecasting there is no rain. The drought continues, incessant heat. So we knew that this was not, this was a, a divine thing. And then it started raining and it rained and it rained and drive, having our driver drive us back <clears throat> was like going through a flood. And I think there was like, if I remember right, six or eight inches of rain that fell within 24 hours which was amazing and the next meeting we had we didn't have any problem getting the people to pray because God sent that sign and I remember when we went and did those activations you went into the Caribbean and um, my, my, I ended up with Robert in um, in New York City and so his church at that time was and Robert you're listening if I remember right you were kind of in in Little Harlem. No, no, Little Brooklyn. Haiti. Little Haiti in Brooklyn. And and I remember we walked up the steps <clears throat> to the sanctuary. And, uh, oh, what was the name of the little guy that came here for a couple seminars? He was a garbage man in New York City. Uh, he was from Haiti. I can't remember. It slips my mind. I'll think of it. But anyway, he was down there. He had a little Bible study. And so we came up and, and we were preaching. We we're preaching about Voices Thunders. And the same thing happened. Boom, this massive thunderclap. And wind starts blowing through the open windows. And, and rain is pouring down. And man, everybody just started praying in the spirit. 
<clears throat> it was invigorating. Leeds, remember Leeds? Yeah. Um, and and uh, you know that has happened over and over again. We first went into France, that horrible heat wave, if there any other kind, where hundreds of people were dying throughout Europe, and it was sweltering hot. And by the time that week ended, it was so cold you had to wear a sweater it was cold and the rain came and that was a sign from God and so God is about to not only release a continuation of that but he is going to give us capacities in his spirit to understand deeper meanings of what those things represent. They're not just signs to get people's attention. They are factors in the spirit realm that are that are going to be functioning beyond when life on this earth mm-hmm. ends for us. And um, we're going to be able to benefit from that understanding. And I I know we mentioned last week about Zechariah and the victory and how he he gave a, a snapshot of things that were happening in Joshua and in Zerubbabel and I'm really still planning to talk about factors of that promotion and how they apply to us and what they mean for where we are as Zerubbabel Joshua people Nehemiah people who have overcome and and what we can begin to believe for in this hour in as we've been transit transition or transfigured and and factors that we can look for biblically not just in that passage but in other passages because this is a continuity throughout the word of God when when people partner with God and they have a measure of overcoming then those people, it, it's not just a reward. It is, it is promotion, but it's also empowerment in that promotion. Mm-hmm. And if we don't understand that, then we're going to be, we're going to feel out of place. Mm-hmm. We're going to feel ignorant. And God doesn't want us to be ignorant because his word speaks about these things. And, and we really have entered into that period. And so I, I believe that one of the things that God's going to do is give us this an, a heightened measure. I remember when we were in, in Mont, Montelimar and we were speaking about, get ready for it, Abba. And when we would all pray and we'd be on our face and you could feel the earth tremble. And you could feel creation pulling at your breastplate and at that core of your spirit. And you could, you, could, you could feel that. And you could sense what the earth, what, what creation was saying. Those were precious moments. And they've not gone away. We're, we're functioning in that. I'm, boy, I'm on a roll here, right? No, it's just, it's interesting to me because for the last number of days, I've been um, praying for our nation on a daily basis. And, and there's a lot of things that you can pray over our nation, which I know we all do. 
But the I, I would say the most predominant thing that my spirit is registering is that very thing. Mm. It's like I, I I go into prayer and I pray, and and it seems like God on the daily will take me to that place where creation is groaning and crying out for the manifestation of the sons of God. And it's just so crazy to me how prevalent my spirit is just so connected. And, you know, some people might think, oh, that's new agey. Well, that's in the Bible. Yes. And if we don't think that we proscuneal for a reason, that we're laying on the ground, kissing the ground, connecting and drawing up, but also connecting heaven to earth. And so, you know, I think about Arizona and I and my heart does go out for them because I know it's a hardship for them. They're trying to feed their farm animals and they don't have hay because they don't have water. Yeah. And I mean, they're in a real they're in a real drought. And you know, it's one thing to to speak against the possibility of fire, but just on a daily basis, I mean, water is life. And, and so I just, uh, Teresa, I know that you listen to this broadcast and I just want you to know that we are standing with you and believing for that, for the West and for where you are, that God will bring the rain and bring a relief to what you guys are living. And I mean, you know what it's like when you're, you're, um, you're hot and it's dry and you're thirsty. And, and, and that's what the ground is feeling. It's like calling out for commune and, and really for just that touch point. And so I, I just, I know God's going to move and I know it's going to be a sign. Um, it's going to be a sign for the nation. I, I, I really believe that. And just prophetically, just for um, what God wants to do in pouring out his spirit on our nation. So that was that was just kind of a a free will and kind of con, a con, um, comment, but I just wanted to share that about about prayer because you know I can pray for the president and I can pray for the everything that's going on in Washington and I can pray for the different states and I can do all that pray for the governors and and we all do that but the way my spirit has been just connecting has been really interesting mm. and unexpected, I guess. So. Well, that's, 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 that's true. We, we proclaim that in, in God's perfect timing, there'll be a break and rain will come yeah. to our, to our brothers and sisters, our family in, in the outposts of the saints. You know, I was praying about that the other day and I was, thinking of Elijah and how he put his head down to the ground and he was praying before the Lord for the breaking of the drought and his servant saw a a cloud the size of a man's hand and when he saw that he said all right get you down there's a sound of an a sound of an abundance of rain now I was thinking also with that when I was praying about that, about out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. So I, I'm sure you do this and all the saints should do this. I was just playing with word origins and looking at every one of those things that Jesus said. 
And I, and I have to say this too, don't buy into the progressive, I almost said a bad word, nonsense that says that you can't trust the word of God and uh, mm -hmm. you know the, uh, the languages that were used really weren't what Jesus said. That's a, that's a bunch of baloney. That, that's just not right. The Holy Spirit gave us what we need mm -hmm. and it's survived all this time and it's perfect. So I was looking at it, what innermost being means and um, it does mean the womb it does mean that central place where we know our spirit, God's spirit is. But it also was used to, to describe a, a canyon or a cavern, uh, kind of a, a place where uh, in some places, like if water comes through rain, it gushes through. And, but but that, that canyon that valley and I thought okay we know in the New Testament that the hand means the valley the the place of desolation the cavern yeah the cavern and um, so when Elijah saw as he was praying where did he hear that sound obviously he didn't he heard it he had to tell his servant that he heard it. But when he saw the man's hand, there was, to me, that connection of where the rivers of living water come from. Wow. And, and so that was a signature moment. And what are we supposed to be right now? The Elijahs. Mm -hmm. And when we do what God says to do, when there needs to be a break, that signification is going to in, uh, involve a breakthrough, the man's, the hand, and it's going to involve that central place of our spirit where the rivers of living water flow and the sound of abundance. So those three things are the things that Elijah did that broke that drought, that ticked off Jezebel, that, that then... Sent him on a tailspin. Yeah, yeah. So we need to believe for this place in our spirit and that rivers that are going to flow as a result of that, as a result of that commune and what God has put there that was born again, that, that place that prays in diversities of tongues and that hand, the, the creativity, yes, but all that those things that the valley represents, all of those things that a flood coming through there represent and the breaking of drought and the throwing down of enemy strongholds and you know you think about in the book of revelation when it speaks about the man child and being born and the dragon wanting to destroy it and the earth opens up and water a flood helps them isn't that interesting those are factors that god uses so we have to look at this from a pneumaticos standpoint and an operative an operative standpoint but we're we're being moved into that because we've been faithful with the small things because we've moved in the talent God has given us and because we have our garments tattered and soiled and bloodied and 
God is promoting, and as he promotes, it's an enhancement of what we've been moving in. So anyway, that's kind of a rambling, isn't it? Powerful rambling. Powerful rambling. I like that powerful rambling. Got the rambling of power. What's that? What kind of rambling is that? <laughs> powerful rambling. Say that again. I like hearing it. Powerful rambling. That's right, brother. Um, there was something else I was going to talk with you about. Um, do you have anything you want to say about that or? No, I, I totally bear witness. I think that's amazing. I think that, that could be a book, <laughs> that whole study. We could call it Powerful Ramblings. Oh, seriously. I think it's, there's a lot of revelation in that. The, and really, I mean, it's like line upon line. It's like so many of the things that you've connected are things that God has been teaching us over the years, which is, I'm just so thankful. Well, there has <laughs> to be a reason for the things that the inspired, inerrant scripture and the real telling of what happened, there has to be a reason for why God did them in that way and recorded them as types for us. Yeah. And that just makes sense. And that was at a point of promotion for him. And sadly, he wasn't able to navigate that promotion properly and I'm not faulting him listen the currents of this time frame are extreme yeah but just think about I mean the reality of that for us and the promise of that for us just in speaking into the west mm -hmm. and calling forth the rain and and seeing it as a sign but just for, as prophetic ones, especially in this year of the prophet, when God is refining us to the core. Yeah. I mean, I've often thought, if I can make it through this year, yeah. I, 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 I <laughs> which I will. Yeah. But it's been the most, probably one of the most intense years that I've lived as a saint, and because of that refining, and because He's preparing, and it's just dying after dying after you know another layer of dying, but. We rejoice in that, yeah. but I say that to say that don't 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 underestimate the process that God has us in, and know that that testing could be on the horizon for us, where we see the sign, we see the manifestation of the move before our very eyes, as we partner with Him in it, and we've got to know, we've got to be super aware of the propensity to to do what He did. Yeah. And not do it. Well, think of the other one that we've regularly associated with coming up to a point of promotion and transition who then didn't navigate properly. And of course, that's Moses. What was he doing at that point where he failed? Moses, I want you to go and I want you to speak to this rock, to the crack in that rock. And water will come out. I want you to prophesy. Now, before you smacked it, you, you hit it with the authority, which is what we've been talking about. But now I want you to prophesy. I want you to speak to it, and water will come out through that chasm. And it will supply these hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. 
that's a pretty big gusher. That's not just some little. We're talking millions. Not a little stream. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. But there again is that principle of speaking forth out of the abundance of your being in obedience, and out of a crack, out of a, out of a chasm, water coming. Mm -hmm. That's that's amazing. And then Jesus, who is standing there on the last great day of the feast, and he quotes from Isaiah as he's pouring the water from the from the pool of Siloam. Ho, everyone that thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. Out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. That invitation comes for everybody that's moving in tabernacles. Everybody that is doing what Moses patterned to do. Where does that water come from? Well, Jesus speaks about it there at tabernacles, which is Moses, which also then would be Elijah and is you and me. Amen. But Amen. again, that crack mm -hmm. and the water coming. And what Moses with that, though? When Moses is up on the mountain and God puts him in the cleft of the rock and covers him with his hand. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the provision. And that's our provision. Think, too, about Jonah. I mean, the story's a little different, but, I mean, where did God put him in the belly, in the... Yeah. cavern of the whale in the midst of the yeah. water in the deep of the water to bring him to a point so that he would prophesy and then what did he do when the people heard him and they turned yeah <laughs> yeah. Ah. yeah so these are good days lots of wonderful things happening in the spirit realm and again the not only the transition and the promotion and the things the Spirit is saying about it from the Word, but just reams of insights. It's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing thing. So be encouraged, mm -hmm. all of you saints. And we want to remind you that it's not too early to make your plans to be here in September. See you in September. Remember that? They'll probably be playing that at the at the Stewart's 50th wedding anniversary celebration in a couple of weeks. Um, but we hope to see you then. I mean, it's nice just to be able to say that, isn't it? Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I saw, I saw a video. I'm sure you saw this of our governor who said that as of, I guess, today, everything in Texas is 100% open and functioning and 100%. Wow. Like, nobody can hold, well, don't, don't, don't you go into the details of it, but that's, that, that's pretty amazing. Yes, it is. So come to we, Texas. We thank God. Just don't bring your COVID. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just hope, we, we appreciate what our governor does. Um, He's overcome tremendous personal tragedies in his life. You know, it's just a really weird story about how he ended up in a wheelchair. I mean, he it's had just, polio? just no. Well, I thought he had he polio. was he was 26 years old. He was a law student, and he was or a, a lawyer, and he was out for a jog, and a tree cracked, and it fell, and it crushed a part of his spine and paralyzed him from the waist down. And he overcame, and uh, I just hope 
Beto or Matthew McConaughey don't rise up and run for governor and Texas turns into some kind of a wacko place. But anyway, we got we bless our governor and we we uh we're open for business. So let's make plans to be here and we're making plans already for when you are here. It's going to be an exciting time and we thank God for it. Okay, well we went past time and uh if Annette hasn't started texting you telling you that by now, I guess we'll just go ahead and say it and we'll We'll sign off. Anything further you want to say? No. Bless you. Thanks, everybody. We are praying for you. And we will be back again tomorrow, Wednesday Night Live. And uh, God bless you all. Goodbye.